Welcome. This is EIG, Milwaukee's philanthropic community, with your host, Jill Economo, on News Talk 1130 WISN. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to Milwaukee's Philanthropic Community, brought to you by Ellen Becker Investment Group. I'm your host, Jill Economo, Director of Community Outreach, and we're here to share with you positive, uplifting, and encouraging stories of people who have used their time, their talents, their resources, and their passion, and they turned it into a meaningful purpose. We like to dive into these stories to learn how people from all kinds of backgrounds with all kinds of missions and goals are having a positive impact in our community. Our hope is that at the end of our nonprofit highlight, you have learned about another great organization that's doing great work that may appeal to your own passion for giving back and you can get involved in some way. Now, some of you may know, some may not, that uh, Ellen Becker Investment Group was founded by Karen Ellen Becker and her daughter, Julie Ellen Becker, is president. Now, although we're not a women-only organization, over two-thirds of the employees are women. I work with many talented, strong, intelligent, extraordinary women who like to make a difference in the community from a business as well as from a philanthropic standpoint. It's no surprise then that Karen and Julie are members of the Women's Club of Wisconsin, whose members are dedicated to the well-being of the community. The Women's Club of Wisconsin is the oldest operating women's club in the country. Actually, it was the first in the United States, founded in 1876, and is the oldest private club in Wisconsin. Today, we're going to learn more about this great organization, as well as some of the organizations they support. My first guests today are Carrie Matson, Foundation Director of the Women's Club of Wisconsin, and Pam Stark, who is a longtime board member and volunteer. Welcome to the show today, ladies. Thank you very much. Thank you. So I understand that you considered your club to be a city club, Carrie. What does that mean? That's correct, Jill. Um, You know, our club is located in the city. Uh, You'll recognize other city clubs in Milwaukee. We're just not a country club. We don't have tennis courts. We don't have a golf course, uh, but we do have things like a beautiful clubhouse. uh, We have a ballroom and we have a great restaurant. I know I've been there for a number of Ellen Becker events. (laughs) It's beautiful. And the food Mm -hmm. is great too, right? It Uh, sure is. I mentioned a few historical facts in the Mm -hmm. opening, but can you elaborate on some history I'd be happy to. Um, It's pretty amazing that before women even had the right to vote, the Women's Club of Wisconsin existed, was founded in 1876. I myself have always found that a really interesting fact. Uh, We were also the very first club built in Milwaukee before any other clubs, and it was built as a stock club. So the women in Milwaukee, the women leadership, bought shares of stock to build their building. And uh, the clubhouse was dedicated December 9th in 1887. And like you said before, it is the oldest private club in Milwaukee and it's the longest continuously running club in the nation. And wow, I just had to be part of that. Well, it sounds like there were some pretty progressive women back in the uh, late 1800s, right? That were contributing to the success of this organization. What sets you apart from other city clubs then, not country clubs, but what sets you apart from other city clubs? 
Well, we're actually really, even though we have a beautiful building and all the amenities of other city clubs, we're really a service club. Um, we've been built on three basic principles of service, learning, and friendship. We have many clubs and groups within our club. Uh, we have an active garden club, uh, active arts and antiques groups, more than three book groups, history group, just to name a few. And through those clubs within the club, you just garner great friendships. I only knew two people when I joined the women's club, and I can't tell you the breadth and depth of friends that I have created since then. Then we have a programming committee, and our programming committee continues to be active and stimulating with educational programs, and thus comes the learning. I mean, there's things like musical encounters or when there's a new show at the art museum, people are brought in. So um, we move forward that way. And then finally, we come to service. And that's where we really excel. We have an unparalleled community service committee. That it, and we have an active foundation. So our community service group is something that just our club membership can belong to. Okay. So lots of places to plug in, right? If you're, mm-hmm. uh, out, you're looking for a place to get involved, lots, lots of things that you can do at, uh, at the, the women's club. But Pam, I understand that you're part of the community service committee. You want to elaborate a little bit more on what they do and maybe some things that you've been involved in? Well, the community outreach group um, has about 15 members who gather together once a month for um, a meeting to determine where the need is and where um, we want to put our energies and also include the whole club to help with it. But this group of women are um, really dedicated and pretty much have the pulse on the community as to where we can lend a hand in a variety of different ways. One of the things that we've done since March is we have, we collected monies and we are doing meaningful meals, which we've served about 750 meaningful meals to 18 different organizations, most of them being first responders, hospital staff, some homeless um, families that are fighting cancer, struggling teens, and substance abuse and sexual abuse. So it's been amazing to see the outpouring and it keeps our kitchen busy. They're making these meals and then we're either delivering them or um, the organizations come and pick them up from the club. And this is something new that the club has never done. But then also collecting, we did make birthday boxes that we gave to the pantry clients at River West. We make quilts for kids at the Children's Hospital for the Child Abuse Protective. Um, And then we have the Women's Correctional We provide yarn for them and card making as they're getting ready to move back into the community. Um, And so that's just just a small bit of all of the things that we do. Just a tip of the uh, tip of the iceberg, huh? Yes. Determine where there's a need and then you go out and you help whatever that need is. Does an organization reach out to you? Some have, which also is some of the nonprofits that we've given grants to through 
the foundation. They know that we're here and what we do. And also we look for different things that are in our backyard that we don't have to go real far to find that really many of the neighbors of the women's club geographically are in need of help. And a lot of our members also volunteer in those for those organizations. And so they bring that back as to, you know, ways that we could help as a group individually. I don't live in the city. I live in the suburbs, but I love the city. And this brings me to the city and I, you know, get great satisfaction about helping in the city of Milwaukee and the greater Milwaukee area. Mm. Well, that's what it's all about, right? Carrie, give us the location of the women's club so people have a sense, because maybe sometimes people pass it and they don't even realize that that's what that is. Sure. It's at 813 East Kilburn. So it's really on the on Kilburn Avenue on the south side between Marshall and Cass, just kind of two blocks from the lakefront, but really on the lower east side. And it's beautifully decorated around the holidays and, you know, I imagine uh, all year long. It's just, it's just beautiful in, inside. You could take a tour when you go online as well. It's just beautiful. Um, besides offering all these great service opportunities for women in our community, the Women's Club also has a foundation piece in the mix. So stay tuned to hear more about what this longstanding women's organization is doing by helping others in our community. We'll be right back. Thanks for tuning in. This is EIG, Milwaukee's philanthropic community, with your host, Jill Economo, on News Talk 1130 WISN. Welcome back. I'm your host, Jill Economo, and I'm talking with Carrie Matson and Pam Stark from the Women's Club of Wisconsin. So, Carrie, besides having an active community service group, you also have this foundation. Why don't you tell us about that? Sure. I've been the foundation director now for the past four years, and it was established back in 1965. And it, it, it did so well that within two years, it was already giving out grants. So in 1967, they gave out their first grants. As of 2020, over $1.3 million has been awarded to over 245 different local nonprofits many of whom have been featured on your show. Uh, Grants are given out in three different areas, health and human services, uh, social or social services, education, and the arts. How then do these area nonprofits qualify for one of these grants? Now, Pam said that there's so many things right in your own backyard, and you guys could basically just reach out yourselves and find uh, people in need. But if there's a nonprofit out there that wants to get in on the list as a grant recipient, how do they go about doing that? So this is where we're a little different than community outreach. So in order to be put into the pile, you have to be nominated by a club member. So this is, again, one of the benefits of being a member of this club. Every club uh, member is allowed to nominate one nonprofit every single year. And then uh, we do have some restrictions to the nonprofits. The nonprofits need to have been in business for three years, and they need to be under $5 million in size. 
because again, we are supporting more of our smaller community nonprofits. We're not the United Way or UPATH giving out to the huge groups. Um, And then the club has a wonderful committee called Grant Allocation Committee. And they are the people that go out and vet this. So the sequence works that I'm a club member. I like this nonprofit. I nominate them. They fill out their application form. It comes back to the club. And then it goes to this committee. And this committee then divides by those three different areas. And one committee member goes out and actually vets that nonprofit. So every nonprofit is vetted by a club member. Um, And I can't tell you how this um, makes our members grow themselves by going out and and learning of these different organizations. So then they all gather in January and they determine who gets grants and who who doesn't need to get grants, um, all according to the money that we have designated, which is, you know, a, a, a really defined process through your foundation of how much money you can give annually as a percentage of your of your revenue. Then grants are awarded in March. Uh, we typically have this wonderful grant allocation day, and we all find, really fondly call it the club's finest hour. We invite all the grant recipients to come to lunch. Uh, the person that nominates them attends. The person that vets them attends, as well as a lot of other people. And they all gather in our ballroom. And each grant recipient walks up to stage, receives their check, and has a couple of minutes on stage to say what this particular uh, grant money is going to. And then the next one comes up, and it's just an amazing, amazing day. I bet it's wonderful to uh, to watch that. And uh, as you said, we've actually interviewed a number of your grant recipients, so that's mm-hmm. that's exciting. Lots of really neat things going on in our in our city. I understand that your foundation has done something special in this year of need. You want to tell us about that? Sure. So this year, we've always been about, our club has always been about women who make a difference from the the very beginning through history. And this year, we really formalized it with a wonderful opportunity. One generous club member gave a matching grant just in the month of October of $10,000 so that we could then augment our our grant awards this year. And so honored to say that within one month's time, this matching grant raised over $60,000. Wow. So, yeah, I know. it's I, I find it so impressive uh, from this group of women. So in August alone, we raised an additional $60,000 to give out to our grant recipients this year. And I'm really, I have to say, I'm really, truly, you know, so proud to be a member of this amazing service organization. Um, While I love to use the club for meals or business meetings and broadening myself with their programs, to me, it's really about these kind of wonderful services that they provide to the greater Milwaukee community, both through community outreach and the foundation. Well, share with us. I understand that you have uh, given some gifts to the city. You want to tell us about uh, about those specifically? We have. So 
a few years ago for our 140th anniversary, the foundation decided to give out uh, $100,000 to Endress Park on the city's west side to help uh, divide a plan to rebuild their playgrounds. Uh, The Women's Club of Wisconsin in 1889 first devised a plan to initiate a program called Vacation School. And that truly moved in within a couple of years to the Milwaukee public school system and it was considered the forerunner of the Milwaukee Recreation Department. And the initial director of that was Dorothy Endress. So we honored her with this $100,000 gift. And then in, in 2001, we gave this beautiful sculpture to the city that was uh, done by a famous female Polish artist, Magdalena Ewakonowicz. And she was selected to create this piece. Um, She is known for her monumental kind of headless forms. There's one at Millennial Park, MAM has one, other museums have one. And she actually passed away in 2017. But the official dedication was in 2001. And as you can imagine, um, you know, that's the same. That was just right after Mm 9-11. So that really kind of created a pale over it all. But with the outstretched wings and vision fixed on the horizon, our birds have been, you know, flying above the median for almost 20 years. And it was really built and given to the city on the idea of volunteerism. Hmm. And it's called the birds of knowledge of good and evil. And it's a sculpture yeah. right outside your building. That, um, is, that is correct. It's right on the median. Wonderful. So it, it's interesting. You can see it when you drive by and a lot of people don't know that it was gifted uh, to the city from the club and we maintain it. So we have actually a fund through the foundation that maintains that structure. Okay. Well, lots of things that we learned today about the Women's Club of Wisconsin. What would you and Pam say uh, as far as a call to action for our listeners today? Well, I think if you wanted to make a difference in Milwaukee and be part of our women who make a difference with this wonderful historic club, join the club join the Women's Club of Wisconsin. And then you can partake in in all of these different activities and continue to stimulate and grow as yourself. We have a lot of downtown women that belong. We have business women that belong. And we have many women from outlying counties belong as well. And Pam, you're one of those uh, outstanding women from the outlying community, right? (laughs) So from the burbs coming in, and I'm sure you can attest to the fulfillment of volunteering and being involved with all this this great work well really the women's club when I think of all the friends that I've made over the years our lives would never have crossed if it hadn't been for this club just because everything else about our families would never have intersected and um, so that's why it's my club it's not my family's club it's my club (laughs) <laughs> well, people can reach out then and get more information about the Women's Club of Wisconsin. You want to let us know, Carrie, what's the best way for people to get information? Sure. They can go right to the website, uh, which is uh, wc.wi.org, or they can just simply call the club at 414-276-5170, and we can get information out to them. 
And you guys have a Facebook page? Uh, we do, but we are really more active on our website and through the phone. Okay, so that's the best way. Reach out. Lots of great things going on down at the Women's Club of Wisconsin. Thank you, Pam and Kiri, for joining me today and sharing your passion with us about how you make an impact in our community. Appreciate your time. Kerry mentioned that the Women's Club has donated over a million dollars since 1965 to area nonprofits. And one of their recent grant recipients is going to join us next to talk about how they've reached out and helped over 150,000 people in their North Shore County, in addition to working with all six of their school districts. Stay tuned to learn more in our next segment. We'll be right back. You're listening to EIG, Milwaukee's philanthropic community, with your host, Jill Economo, on News Talk 1130 WISN. Welcome back to Milwaukee's philanthropic community, brought to you by Ellen Becker Investment Group. I'm your host, Jill Economo. My next guest today is Lisa Holtebeck, Executive Director from the Ozaki Family Services. It's a nonprofit who serves those in need by offering programs in family education as well as in counseling with the goal of improving lives so families and individuals can succeed. So welcome to the show today, Lisa. Yeah, I'm very glad to be here. We're happy to have you here. And actually, Pam is sticking around to lend a voice as well. Why don't you start, Lisa, by giving us a little history about the agency? Uh, Ozaki Family Services was founded in 1974, so we've been around 46 years now in Ozaki County, and it started with a federal grant aimed at alleviating delinquency behaviors among young people. Services were concentrated in Mequon, and I believe the agency was called Mequon Thunesville Family Services at that time, or Family Services of Mequon Thunesville, and they operated out of a little yellow house in Mequon. And I think the budget was a little more than $10,000 a year, maybe a little less. And they had two or three very part-time staff slash volunteers. By 1995, we changed our name to Ozaki Family Services. And the agency moved to Cedarburg, which is a little more central in Ozaki County, at the Cedar Mills Clinic. And we added some programs around parenting and child abuse prevention. And the agency had also been doing um, some senior services programs as well. And then finally in 1999, we um, did move to our current location, which is in Grafton on Badger Circle. And at this time it was moved to a, a building that was donated by an anonymous donor to a few nonprofits in Ozaki County so that they could work and collaborate together in a nice space um, that was low cost. So that was, um, as Pam likes to say, pennies from heaven, quite the gift to the nonprofits in Ozaki. And fast forward to today, um, we're quite a bit larger. We'll go a little bit more into that later on um, as far as our programs, but we provide over a dozen programs in Ozaki County. And at this time, we're starting to outgrow our current space and are potentially looking at moving to a larger um, building also in Ozaki County. So Things have changed a lot over the last 46 years. I think even when I started um, it in 2010, we had 10 or 12 employees and we're up to about double that. Wow. Well, how did you get involved then? You said that you've been around for a few years here. Why, how and why did you get involved? 
I answered an ad in the local newspaper for a, a program director to start a new program in Ozaki County and um, was interviewed and hired. Um, my background is in social work. I have a master's in social work and I've worked in pretty much every social service um, area and in for-profit mental health services. And I started to become interested in nonprofit. Um, so I answered that call. And I also had always worked, uh, I live in Ozaki County, but I had worked in Milwaukee. And I just thought it would be great to serve the community in which I live. Um, so that also spoke to me. And pretty early on, I started in 2010, as I said, um, the executive director at the time had been here for 20 years. And she started to talk to me about succession planning. Five years ago, uh, she retired and I became the executive director. Um, probably the best job I've ever had. And um, it's just been, you know, a, a wonderful position to serve this community. Well, and it's nice that you're serving the community in which you live. Like you said, that's it's in your own backyard. But um, Ozaki Family Services is a human service nonprofit agency operating in Ozaukee County, one of the wealthiest counties in Wisconsin, interestingly enough. So if you're one of the wealthiest counties in Wisconsin, who exactly do you serve? Well, we are, our services are open to anyone living in Ozaukee County, and that is for individuals and families, and that our services um, work with folks from age newborn, through, I think our oldest client is 90 years old. Um, so there is no age barrier. And um, what's very important to us is that we never turn anyone away due to inability to pay. Um, so anyone can access our services. The bulk of them are free with the exception of um, our counseling program, which is on a sliding fee scale. You know, it's there's a mis conception that in Ozaki County, maybe we don't have needs because it is a wealthier community. Um, but although they might not always be as visible as in the inner city, you know, we do have needs and we have people who are dealing with mental health issues, substance abuse issues, um, abuse and neglect. And we do have people who are struggling financially in our community. 20% of our community is what we refer to as ALICE, which is asset limited, income constrained, employed. Sometimes you hear um, people referred to as the working poor. So it's these households that earn more than the federal poverty level, but less than the basic cost of living for Ozaki County. Um, so, you know, we're here to help everyone whether you um, make a good income or you are struggling, our services um, are, are available to anyone. And I think that's important for people to understand. I remember interviewing a nonprofit from the Waukesha County area, and they said, you know, some people think that poverty didn't exist in that area when actually 22%, I believe it was, is what it was, were living in poverty. And so, once you open your eyes and start looking around, I think you you can see perhaps some things. And like you said, some you can't see 
I mean, there are some things that people will never know unless they dig deep and, you know, below the surface to find, to find out what the needs are. So, so you guys are unique then. What sets you apart from some of those other nonprofit agencies in your community? Well, I would say probably the, the, the main difference is that we serve people throughout the life cycle. So basically from cradle to grave, we have services that will, that will help keep you healthy and um, living independently. We work with seniors who want to continue living in their homes. And we work with new parents um, of, of newborns. You know, it's, it's important to us that we provide some type of assistance to anyone who reaches out to us. So I think that's something else that is unique. Um, we know how difficult it, it can be to ask for help. And so if someone contacts us uh, by phone or walks into our office, even if it's not a service we can provide, we will connect them with community resources. So uh, I, I have confidence that any one of my staff who answers the phone or sits um, in their office would be here to help someone. We think that's very important to break down you know, some of those barriers um, that, that we see in the community. Um, so I think that's something also that's, that's very unique to Ozaki Family Services. So that brings me to my next question that I'm thinking of referrals. How do people get in the Ozaki Family Services pipeline then? It's one of our challenges is to make sure that people are aware of our services. So um, a lot of people hear about us from word of mouth. Um, in addition, we receive referrals from local physicians, uh, Department of Human Services, um, law enforcement. We collaborate and work very closely with a lot of community partners. So they are referring people to us, uh, public health as well. And we send out a monthly e-newsletter. We're active on social media and we're just out there in the community, you know, working with other nonprofits, working with schools, working with law enforcement so that we can better serve the community together. Okay. So you may not be able to directly provide a service, but you can plug somebody into the service that they need because of all the resources that you have at your disposal. Okay. So I mentioned before the break that Ozaki Family Services has helped more than 150,000 people since it began. And last year alone, they touched over 7,200 lives. And they provide programming in all six school districts in the county, including every public school and many private and parochial schools. So what are some of these programs that they offer? Well, We'll learn more about that when we return. Stay tuned. Thanks for tuning in. This is EIG, Milwaukee's philanthropic community, with your host, Jill Economo, on News Talk 1130 WISN. Welcome back to Milwaukee's Philanthropic Community, brought to you by Ellen Becker Investment Group. I'm your host, Jill Economo, Director of Community Outreach. And I'm talking in these segments with Lisa Holtebeck from Ozaki Family Services and Pam Stark, who is a volunteer for OFS. So you've helped many, many people in Ozaki County, and you provide programming in all six school districts, I understand. So Lisa, why don't you elaborate a little bit on those types of services that you actually offer? It's a lot to cover. Uh, I'll start by saying that we offer programs in four main areas. 
The first area is counseling and mental health services, and that includes counseling uh, in our office for individuals, couples, families, children, teens, and adults. And last year, we expanded these services into some of the area schools. So we're providing counseling during the school day for kids who are struggling. We also have school-based groups in this category. So we have staff who are going into many of the area schools and providing groups um, for kids who are struggling with issues such as depression, anxiety, stress, and self-esteem. We have groups that are addressing relational aggression or bullying behaviors. And the second main area is parent education and support. Those programs are working with parents um, of kids from actually prenatal, you know, through 18. We um, provide probably our largest program in this area is Parents as Teachers, which is a national evidence-based program where we are going into the home and working with parents of children um, prenatal through age five, uh, getting them ready for school. So we're, we're bringing information on brain development and child development and working on parenting with, um, with these families. And we also are providing workshops, classes, and groups for parents on topics ranging from toilet training to identifying when teens need help with anxiety. So we sometimes bring in people and our staff provide these workshops. We provide Rainbows, which is um, a wonderful program for families who are experiencing death or divorce. And that is for families with kids age four to 18. We take up this entire building once a month um, with anywhere from 60 to 100 people. And that program is also an evidence-based program. The third program area is prevention education. So we are going into area schools and we are providing programming on how to keep kids safe on the internet, how to address cyberbullying. Um, we're addressing social media and also protective behaviors. So um, how to help kids uh, understand and identify sexual abuse and when to tell someone. I mean, we have had kids um, who have uh, divulged sexual abuse to a teacher or to our staff member after these programs. So, um, you know, they really do a lot of good. Um, we also had a young man who, uh, with the internet safety cyberbullying presentation, you know, talked to his mom and they contacted us afterwards. And he came in for some counseling because he was experiencing some bullying at school. Um, so, you know, we're really in there and we can kind of address issues early on. And then the fourth area is our senior services program. So we connect volunteers to local seniors who want to remain living independently in their homes and volunteers provide rides to medical appointments, to the pharmacy, to the grocery store, and also help with household chores. So that program is, is a wonderful, we've been doing that almost since the beginning here at Ozaki Family Services. And Pam, isn't that the program that you're involved with at Ozaki Family Services? It is a pro, it's one of the programs I'm involved in and probably the one that's really near and dear to my heart. I've, for 18 years, um, volunteered and drove the same woman 
once a week that um, she would have, she had macular degeneration, started when she was 72, and our drives together until she was 90. She passed away living in her home, and which was what she wanted. And it was like, I, I miss you terribly, but yay, we were able to grant your wish. I felt like the best fairy godmother being able to do that. But I learned so much from her. It was, you know, she's who I'm aspiring to be when I get really old and hope that the, the senior program is still existing at OFS, that I get a driver when I can't drive anymore. <laughs> and but, hopefully you can uh, uh, get together with someone who provides you that friendship like you did for that, uh, your, your friend. It is a pay, it's a pay it forward. It really is. It's, it's, and it's in my backyard. Very nice. Uh, Lisa, what are some of the fastest growing needs then? You talk about these four areas of programming. Is there one that is faster growing than any of the other ones? I would say our mental health services. Uh, we have just seen such a spike in, um, in the need for, for mental health services, particularly for area youth. Um, you know, I think there's been a stigma around um, mental health here in Ozaki County, as well as other places. But, you know, I think definitely here, it's been an issue with people coming forward and talking about their struggles. And I think we're starting to break that down a little bit. And again, with our relationships with other uh, community providers, you know, we're, we're able to address this need. Um, Schools are reaching out to us, they're asking for programming, they're asking for groups, and parents are reaching out and asking for help. So this is definitely an area where I think, you know, we will see growth, um, both in our office and in the schools. The schools are really becoming a wonderful partner in addressing these, um, these needs in our community. And again, you work in all the schools in your county, uh, public, private. Yes, we do. Okay. Well, if somebody wants to get a hold of you and inquire of your services or uh, knows of somebody that might need your services, how, what's the best way for people to do that? Well, our website is ozakifamilyservices.org. And all of our programs are explained there. You can click on links and reach the people here who who can help you um, access those services. Our phone number is 262-376-7774. We are active on Facebook and Instagram under Ozaki Family Services, and we post regularly. So um, those are the ways to, to find us. Okay. Lots of really great programming going on over at OFS, Ozaki Family Services. Lisa, what last words or call to action would you like to leave for our audience today? I would say that if, if you or someone you know is, is struggling with, boy, I, parenting is, is tricky. It's tough. I, I mean, I could have used some of these um, services when I, I was a, a young parent um, or with, you know, mental health issues or if, if you have a, a senior in your family who needs transportation, we don't have public transportation in Ozaki County. So, um, you know, contact us or, or urge, urge the people you know to contact us. Okay. Would you like to add to that, Pam? Well, I also, we have an auxiliary that is the friend maker and fundraiser, and it's a group of women. So the same thing, call the agency, and this would be a way to make some different friends 
and to help those in your backyard. And pay it forward, right? And pay it forward. Yes. Well, thank you to Lisa Holtebeck and Pam Stark and Carrie Madison as well from the Women's Club of Wisconsin. Thank you to all you lovely ladies for joining me today and sharing with us how you reach out and make a difference in our community. If you'd like more information about the organizations we interviewed today, hopefully you jotted down their contact information. Otherwise, you can email me at jill at ellenbecker.com or you can call our office at 262-691-3200. If you're interested in getting the word out uh, about you and or your nonprofit and how you're making an impact in our community, just contact me and we can discuss how you can be a guest on the show. Join us Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. for Milwaukee's philanthropic community on News Talk 1130 WISN to learn more about some great people, great organizations that are contributing to making our community a better place in a number of different ways. You can tune in on your radio or you could just Google it on your device of choice and it'll pop right up. Or you can use the iHeartRadio app. You can also visit our website at ellenbecker.com to listen to previously aired shows And you can also listen on demand at Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, or Apple Podcast. You know, we interview a lot of really great people who are making a point to make a difference somehow out in the world today. My call to action for our listeners is to do the same. Use your passion, use your skill, your talents, and turn your focus outward. Make a point to make a difference in the life of someone else today. Find a way to be a blessing and give a blessing. Have a great day.